when 77 cases were announced was when I was just like, oh my God, like, here we go again. And that's where like my, that anxiety of like, what do I do? Like, what do I do as like a responsible human being of asking people to come to work? I'm Danny Vallant and this is Dirty Linen. The podcast that takes the issues the hospitality industry finds hard to air in public and shakes them all about. Hannah Green is the owner of Etta Dining in Ligon Street. Now it's not in Brunswick South and it's not in Brunswick West, but it is in Brunswick East, which means that you are not locked down, but you're proximate to some lockdown suburbs in the north of Melbourne. Etta's been there for three years uh, it's a beautiful restaurant. Uh, it's warm, it's very neighbourly, it's built up a, a very loyal following. Thanks for chatting to Dirty Linen. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. It's so nice to be here. So things just don't stay the same in 2020, do they? They, they keep changing, the ground keeps shifting. <laughs> Literally, I've just walked out of a management meeting of what next week will bring and how the multiple angles that we're going to come at it with with what may or may not happen so yeah (laughs) fun times what are some of the variables you guys were discussing well I mean we're seeing a massive decrease in um bookings again um and I mean literally it's so as lovely as it is that people are calling to say I'm so sorry I just don't think it's a time to come in I mean the reality of us is the reality of it is is that our, we're losing our customers again. So we're staying open and um, trying to make sure that we don't go backwards after, you know, three pretty tough months already. So how do we kind of bring things to people and bringing things to people now looks really different because those people are hotspot suburbs. So like our whole option of delivery that we were coming to you and, I mean, Yesterday I delivered to a friend who is a customer um, bordering Brunswick West and they're fully back in lockdown. And so what does delivery look like again for us now? It's not it's not the same as what it was before. Like I can't send people into hotspot suburbs. So how do we how do we keep going without using things like delivery partners um, in this time? That's so tough. And then, I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, that's just passing the perceived danger on as well, isn't it? Which I'm sure would be the next thing that crosses your mind. A hundred percent. I mean, even yesterday when we chatted, like, you know, the other part of this for me is, well, there's two parts of this. It's like, how do I keep this business going and making sure we don't bleed too much? (laughs) And how do I keep like my team safe because like that's the other real reality of it it's like it's actually in our backyard it's you know primary schools around us are being closed like it's very much it's very much here and that feeling of like what do I do where does my duty of care for the people here extend from being more than just a business that's you know needing to survive like the human human element of it and that's probably the thing that's um creating the most anxiety for me personally 
at the moment because I know right now we'll get through this in like the business will get through this but well this round of it anyway but um it's my like how do I ask someone with a newborn baby to keep pushing on and someone with an autoimmune disease to put themselves on the on the front line essentially to to and 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 the other side of that is to do it with a smile on their face and tell people not to like come inside for a good time we we're still here like it's really it's exhausting (laughs) yeah uh, it sounds there's must be so many thoughts running through your mind at any one time and so many I guess competing priorities and needs you know for your business for yourself for the people that you're employing and of, and of course your customers who I know that you love so many of them like friends um Hannah tell me about reopening Etta just uh you know last week it probably seems about a year ago but tell me about that journey to reopening and uh and you know what happened on that Saturday when things changed again well I mean we held off on the first round of reopenings well during lockdown during the lockdown period we closed for a couple of weeks we did the as you know we did the big push um with delivery before you know the government forced us to shut down um we took a few weeks to just have a little bit of downtime like what we did in though that last week was pretty crazy um in terms of our delivery was great we did a wedding within a three-hour turnaround like it was just um, it was just nuts and then try, trying to keep the restaurant going at the same time or doing food boxes, like food um, produce boxes and everything. I was like we had four businesses all at once and we were pretty exhausted. So we took a couple of weeks and collected our thoughts um, and then we reopened as like a little Provador bakery and wine shop um, during the day um, and we waited out that first round of um, – restrictions lifting to 20 people just to see what was going to happen and whether it was going to spike again and so we were holding off holding off holding off um and we're planning to reopen with the 50 people on Thursday I think it was the 24th the week of the 22nd reopening so we were reopening on Thursday Thursday the 25th I think it was um And I waited and I waited and I waited and we finally pulled the trigger on the Friday afternoon of like pulling the shop down and, and, you know, getting really like going, going for it with reopening. And then the Saturday and I read something in the age, like I think it was 2.43 and they're like, no, no, we're still going ahead (laughs) with next week's restrictions. I'm like, okay, guys, yep, I need to make a decision. We're doing it. Let's go. Um. And then on the Saturday they um, said still only 20 people and we, we went ahead with it anyway. Um, what did you feel? How did you feel when, when that announcement came through? I mean, to be honest, it, we're a small restaurant so it didn't really make too much of an impact on me. It was more in terms of the physical numbers in the space, it was more oh, here we go again, like that that sense of unease. And so and so we're trying to push forward and and get momentum happening in that time that's starting to become unstable again. And like I think we all kind of felt it. We were like, oh, this is kind of the new norm. Like we're starting to get like 
a little bit of stability back of what the weeks look like and we weren't really seeing, you know, that many more cases coming in over those weeks of lockdown and it was all kind of like overseas travellers and, you know, you started to feel a bit that sense of security of cool, like awesome, thank you. Yeah, we were beyond it. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, yep. There's more, there's more, there's more. I think yesterday, like when 77 cases were announced was when I was just like, oh, my God, like here we go again. And that's where like my – that anxiety of like what do I do? Like what do I do as like a responsible human being of asking people to come to work? Like that's – yeah, that's where – and, I, like, my head's still in that. Like, I'm still I'm still feeling uneasy about what to do. And the thing is, like, I'm – I can tell you the crazy amount of, like, cleaning and sanitation and everything that we're doing here is, like, next level, but it's – and you're entering our safe space. So that's – that's the thing. And, like, the fact that it is so close, it's – um pretty scary I mean in saying that Brunswick West had three cases um reported today so I mean I, it's it's not a huge amount but then you know Pasco Vale was like 44 or something today which is you know not it's it's, it's not it's not that far away you're trusting your customers to not come if they feel sick but you don't know if and they don't know if they may uh be positive but feel fine well and so we like yesterday we started temp checking people walking through the door which is like you know something I've built Eteron is give me a warm welcome and make it feel like you're home and here I am like sorry just before you come in can I just (laughs) check your temperature like it just is so as much as I'm trying to make the experience the same and like the menus the same and what we're doing is trying to keep it as fun and jovial, if anything, like the tunes have got kind of gone to the next level and they're very like very, very upbeat at the moment and everyone's walking through a very spacious dining room kind of dancing. But um, that that whole sense of that first point for me was always really important and now I'm like cool can I just check your temperature before I allow you in it's so how did your customers respond so fine so fine I mean we weren't very we weren't super busy last night but um it was a really they're like it's so fun it's happening everywhere don't worry about it but yeah because if you had customers you know jumping up and hugging one another and doing stuff that's made you uncomfortable yeah 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 and even you know I am a very, like, exactly that, give me a warm welcome and make it feel like my home. Like, that's the way I am as a person. Um, and, like, people are still trying to do it to me and it's very, no, <laughs> please. What do you do? How do you respond? Uh, well, I kind of take a step back and they're like, oh, are we doing it? I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> sorry, not, not at the moment. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because I feel like like I'm obsessively watching the news and looking for the updates and, you know, I feel like I've got four square metres just embedded into me. You know, it's it's I sense it now. Um, and 1.5 metres, you know, I could step that out with my eyes closed. But I guess when you're not in it and living it and thinking about it all the time, I mean, a lot of people aren't as conscious or as aware, or they certainly haven't been. I mean, I wonder if that's going to change with this second lockdown and whether people are going to, you know, for the most part, take it more seriously. I Like it's so hard for me to understand how people could miss this. Like I really, really struggle with, I really struggle with it. But, and I mean, it's happening everywhere. Like even, you know, not that I want to name somewhere, but like we went to get something for the first time and I'm like, this is not socially distancing to the point where my partner was like it's like I don't feel uncomfortable in here let's go and I'm like yeah okay cool let's go but it's 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 just like I don't understand how people don't know by now and like particularly in these suburbs like there's police everywhere like there's drones flying around looking at street activity like it's really it's crazy like you drive through Brun- yeah you drive through Brunswick West and there's um drones flying over wow um like checking out the streets like it's just it's so surreal like and it's dead like Sydney Sydney Road I would be like avoid Sydney Road at all costs like it's the worst traffic ever and it's easy to drive up and down um right you mean you're saying it's really quiet right now oh super quiet yeah 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 I was chatting to some folks in Sydney during the week and you know not that I feel like Melbourne needs to be the canary in the coal mine but maybe other states who feel like they are past it could look at what's happening here not as a not as a pariah state, but as a bit of a warning of how quickly things can get out of hand. I mean, I heard the health minister saying that th- most of the cases in the north and western suburbs could, would, could possibly be tracked back to one super spreader. And you just think this thing can get out of hand so quickly. Well, I think that's the thing that scares me, Danny, like that of, of letting people through our doors, like is just how... And I'm like, it's almost like, I don't know if we've become a little bit, you know, like oblivious isn't the right word, but if we've just been, like, we've been hearing the same message over and over again that we're just like, oh, okay, cool. That's, it's like coronavirus, it's infectious and whatever, because it's this, this world that we're living in, this new kind of normal that we're living in. But at the same time, like it is this exact kind of spike and outbreak is like, it is so, so infectious that, like, you, no matter, like, we've gone through a 12-week lockdown or 10-week lockdown or whatever it was and you let someone in who might be asymptomatic and how many people that feed on to someone, no matter, no matter what you do. Like, you can clean as much as you want or whatever and, yes, it's a droplet, um, a droplet-based virus, so you've got to be in close proximity. But my business is asking people to stay in relatively close proximity, yes, socially distanced, but um, 
that I want you to sit down and have a good time. So it kind of, it is really. It's, it's really tough. It's really kind of, yeah. How, how worried are you about the reputational damage that might come from an outbreak that's associated with your restaurant? Well, I'm like, it's definitely there. It's definitely there. Like you don't want to be the place where someone has come and it's known as like as I said to you yesterday when we were chatting like you don't want to be known as the Cedar Meatworks outbreak do you no matter what you do and like I mean I to be honest I don't know too much about it other than the fact that I think it was like over 100 people were infected from there and you don't know what their hygiene protocols are or whatever but it's a food business so you would think it was pretty high um and all I can say is like we, I, there is honestly, I do not know what else we can do more in terms of cleaning and sanitation and um, distancing than we do right now and keep the doors open. How are your hands? They hurt. They really, they, like seriously, <laughs> you should see around my nails. They are so sore. But, I mean, you've got to do it because it is, it's responsible, you know, but it, and you want to ensure, like you want people to feel comfortable um, coming here. And like, the, like everybody, the most, the majority of people do um, and probably the most people who have felt uncomfortable are our regular customers who have come in and they're not going out but they're like, I'm coming here because I know that you're taking this seriously and I want to support you, which is like, oh, yeah, like nearly makes me cry. But it's it's that it's how do you, you need to make people feel comfortable in coming out. And, I mean, the other side of it is how do you stop people from coming in and hugging their friends in the middle of a very spacious dining room and you're like oh my god okay cool well that's like it's more the other people how does that look to the other people like I can't control I can't control um other people's actions yeah for sure so who have you got around you that's you know helping to bulletproof your business well I am very lucky that I have an incredibly supportive family (laughs) Um, but also, I mean, the team here, we're pretty, we're a pretty open, um, bunch and I have, um, I'm really lucky. I don't know if, um, I'm pretty sure you would know her, Amber McCabe. I bought her on as a, um, consultant to the business prior to, um, lockdown and everything. And she is kind of my little sidekick at the moment and my constant sounding board and like what would you do she used to own the town mouse with her brother and husband um and I'm and I mean she's been in the position I'm in not in corona times but I'm like what would you do and having someone to kind of talk it through with but then at the same time like on the other hand you know I've got my dad and my uncle who have been in business for 35 years and kind of seen it all from the recession that everyone had to have in the 80s and 90s and, you know, to them kind of coming out the other side and wrapping things up at the moment and they're like, how do we make sure that, you know, you get get through this? So I have a pretty, a pretty awesome support network around me of people to kind of bounce my thoughts off and when I'm, I'm having those moments of like what – and like literally exactly 
that I've just walked out of a meeting of like, okay, cool, so we'll wait it out this week and see what's happening um, in terms of the virus and then we'll make a decision next week um, with how we'll proceed um, if cases are spiking and things like that from what we'll do from more responsible um, side of do we open the doors or not. So you could, I guess, once again go ahead of the government edict if indeed your suburb is locked down as well. Yeah, 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 which is what we did last time. I mean, we made the decision at 11 o'clock in the morning as a group um, that we're going to close, that will be our last service. And then I think what time was it, like four or five, they announced lockdowns were happening. So we're kind of, it, it feels like that again. I guess the only way, the only thing it doesn't, that's not quite as stressful is that, oh my God, will we ever be able to reopen the doors again? Now it's just making sure that we're preserving what we have so that we can come out the other side of it as well. What do you, what does the other side look like? Like what can you, what can you imagine being there and, and when is that going to happen? <sighs> like I wish you could look into a crystal ball and tell me because I would really like to know. Um, but, I mean, I think it all comes down to like really the hard times coming are going to be six, nine, 12 months from now um, because I think this is our new like social distancing is our new norm until we have something that like we have a vaccine or something. I don't I don't see how this industry can return to any kind of form of normal until that happens. And so like really you've got to like I can have a third of people in this restaurant um, of what we would normally have as capacity because we're so little and numbers it's really funny because our numbers are higher than what we can physically fit in here because of um having 1.5 meters between chair to chair so yes our numbers say we can do something but we physically can't fit that many people in because of the actual space itself so right so for us in terms of density you could fit more in but because of the distancing the the it's like the the equation changes a hundred percent a hundred percent so yeah like it's just how do you make it how do you make those numbers work and that's I think the bottom line like you've got to come at it and like for me I'm such a like I'm a fairly emotional human being and everything I've done is more because of feeling like I haven't created a business on um, – well, I mean, there is a bottom line, of course, for a business at the end of the day, but it's about, um, you know, how do we make people feel when they come into the space? And so it's teetering on that really fine line of, okay, cool, well, we've got to be realistic about what we can achieve in this in in this space um, with these figures. Um in that time and I mean that's kind of more down the road I think right now like this immediate kind of feeling that I'm feeling at the moment is like okay cool well we're just going back into that everyone's cancelling no one's feeling safe about coming out and um that that really unstable environment and so what do we do during this time? Because, it, again, it's like preserving. It's preserving what we have for, for the other side of this round 
of Spike. So Hannah, I mean, we're very much in the thick of it now, but how far ahead does your horizon go and what do you see on the other side of this? Um, Well, I just think, I mean, immediately it's just making sure that we um, secure like the business to survive this little peak, this peak of cases that we're having. But then in the long term, it's like how do you make the numbers stack up and and what do you – what do you need to do because to make it work because I don't see this industry um, returning to any form of normal until there's something like a vaccine in place where, you know, we can, we can start to be around one another in confined small spaces. That's, I mean, it, it sucks to say but we're an industry built on been in a space for a period of time, um, be it long or short, and mine kind of is, you know, the two to three hour kind of window um, and and having a good time and clinking glasses and sharing plates of food and, and everything really that you're not supposed to be doing at the moment. It's pretty bad. I mean, do you just feel terrible and sad or are you just in a doing mode? Um. That is a really great, great question, particularly today. I feel like I'm having a bit of a bad day today. Um, so it is one of the days where I am feeling a little bit hopeless um, and just pretty exhausted. But overall, I would say I'm pretty um, energised to like make sure that we do come out the other side of it and I think it is like allowing yourself to have those days where you do feel a little bit hopeless and you're like oh my god it's what am I doing all of this for like why am I putting myself through this um, but then I have someone come in like last night he came on our first night came again last night he's like I'm coming in every night every every week until like you can reopen to normal because you know I don't want to see you close and it was like I really needed it yesterday um and I kind of shed a little tear and was like thank you that means more than you know and they're the kind of things that give you energy to kind of keep going and then at the same time it's like oh I you're still trying to be creative and being creative in a time where you are feeling kind of with your back up against the wall is pretty tough um but then you'll have like a little thing I'm like oh I tried this today you should try it like from Charlie in the kitchen and I'm like oh yeah delish and it's like oh great it's kind of a little bit normal <laughs> like you know you, you savor those little things of what normal life look like instead of the big like oh god what what is it going to look like on the other side and trying to plan for that and like sitting down like looking at numbers and this is what we need to do to do this and this is what we need to do to do this and maybe you've discovered that the zen of coronavirus which is just being in the moment and taking those small pleasures <sighs> Um, is it bad to say that I'm probably drinking a little bit more than I would normally? Um, but I, I think it is having those, like being able to have those conversations because who knows, we could go back into lockdown and, and you don't get to have those people like saying, Hey, you're more than just a restaurant. You're a part of a community. Like we love you and we want you here. Like 
when you're sitting at home locked up and not having that kind of contact, they're the kind, they're the reason we do what we do. Like anyone in hospitality, like we are an industry of people that give to give other people a good time and like that's what we take satisfaction in that's like that's definitely what I feel energized by is when you walk through a busy dining room and you see everyone having a good time and it's almost like the best the best nights are those nights on the knife edge where like you're so busy and you're like oh I'm almost I'm almost going down but we got out the other side as a team like having those little moments are, are the things that kind of keep you going. I reckon that's one of the cruelest things about what's going on is that the pandemic rips away those opportunities for hospitality people to give and to show that generosity and to create those moments for other people. It's like that those those moments really fuel you, don't they? Well, I mean, like look at they definitely do, but I think you still look around and see like this is an industry that is the hardest hit and, I mean, like look at what you and Ben are doing at Attica with the soup project like there are so like you know Katie at Congress is doing open kitchen like even though everyone is on the edge of basically failure or they're struggling to survive to see a light through this tunnel like they're still giving it's it's actually phenomenal to see the amazingness that has come out of such a crap situation but also like a true essence of what this industry is about at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, at the same time as everything is so destabilising, there are also so many things that are affirming and I think it's it's hopefully it really helps to get you through whatever's coming to, to, to know that and to see it and to be part of it as well. Um, Hannah, so Hannah, what, what was that delicious thing that Charlie put across the pass for you to taste? And, um, yeah, what, what dish does it go with? So, um, it was like, it looked like a bowl of chickpeas and, um, I was like, oh, great. (laughs) But honestly, this bowl of chickpeas was the best thing I've ever eaten. Like, I don't know. (laughs) He um, cooked it in like a, a lamb stock with some lamb belly and then cavallinero and some pre- preserved lemon that he's been preserving for a while. And it was just so unassuming that I gobbled it up for my breakfast. It was probably not the healthiest thing. There's an amount of butter in it. But, um, yeah, it was just that whole thing of like, oh, he's taken a simple chickpea and made this incredibly like – mouth salivating dish and it looked it just looked like bowls of chickpeas uh, but it was so good it's like oh yeah I think chick- chickpeas are pretty magical and there's so much that you can do with them and I actually reckon uh, like they are almost the perfect food so I, I hear you and now I want chickpeas cooked in <laughs> lamb broth so I might have to <laughs> make that or come down for it yeah but Hannah uh thank you thank you so much for chatting to me on a hard day and you know it's a it's a hard week it's a pretty crappy week for melbourne um but thank you for putting your good energy out into our city and um bringing beautiful food and hospitality experiences to us all i wish you all the best thanks denny thank you this is dirty linen 
And I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. <laughs>